0: yeah thank you for tuning in it's more than a podcast yeah. inexhaustible episodes god's vast. glorify him as we broadcast the lord's grace and god's wrath more serious than a bomb blast full disclosure inside the title no surprises simply put guys with bibles yeah just some regular reborn, reformed cats If it's in the Bible, then they're gonna speak on that Cause the scripture is the final word Okay. Competing ideas, quite absurd Of this you can be quite assured yeah. We were lost in the darkness of night Immersed in sin, but then the, the light emerged. emerged It
1: was the Son of God, divine Christ That shines light, the word in Genesis That assigned life and hindsight And was revealed through the prophets and apostles We magnify and expound on the power, power of the, the gospel.
0: gospel Yeah, yeah, yeah
1: Doctrine, God with your hosts, Sean, Scott, and Lee Greetings dear listeners and welcome to Guys with Bibles I'm Lee And I'm Sean Scott is bowing out of this episode because uh, he has a hot date with his roof
0: <laughs> Yeah, the, the roof over his garage is destroyed and he's replacing it so So
1: he's doing he's doing what a man should do and and keeping roofs over his family's heads or at least their car yes so that's good well this this time uh we're starting our series of um discussions of together for the gospel material so, rewinding back to the end of February, we had actually registered for Together for the Gospel. We raised the funds and we were excited to go. And then it got closer and closer, and the whole virus that shall not be named thing happened, and it ended up getting canceled. But they did the, and I, I have to give a lot of props to the organizers, they did a great job at getting the speakers together. To do uh, the sessions that they were planning to do And they even made a couple changes, I think um, <clears throat> But they still offered the videos To people that uh, didn't request a refund And they even sent the um, the $0 books Out to, uh, to everybody who uh, was registered So we were fortunate enough to get books And uh, we wanted to follow through on the promise Since we technically... Went to t- together for the gospel uh, To talk through some of the sessions um, That we thought were Most interesting or most important um, The stuff that we most likely Would have talked about Had we actually been there in person yeah. in
0: Louisville I'm I'm glad that you said it correctly Louisville mm-hmm. There is but, no the way uh, <laughs> this, this is the way
1: This is the way I have spoken um.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I say that to my kids All the time now they just like scowl at me and shake their head like, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I was kind of upset, man, that I didn't get to go because uh, I think was everybody was, but I had never been to a conference before and uh, I was, and this is like the big one and I, yeah. uh, I was so ready to go and like hang out with you guys. Cause I don't get to see you guys all that mm-hmm. often. Yeah. And, uh, your loss. <laughs> I know, right? I was gonna say it's your loss, but whatever. Well, it is But you know, it stuff happens and
1: uh We were providentially hindered.
0: Yeah. I am glad that it's a it's amazing that they did send all those books to every single person that registered, so um
1: Yeah, props to that was cool. I think it was reason. like eight
0: that was like eighteen books.
1: Yeah. Yep. So, so uh, yeah, good on them for for coming through with that because that's a, a big reason why a lot of people go is just not only the free books but also the um, supremely or uh, the severely marked down books in the bookstore. Right. And they offered yeah. the same deals in the online bookstore and stuff, but I actually didn't buy any.
0: Yeah, I didn't get any either. I mean, I I my my. To do my to read list is so it's so long. long at this point, and it just got extended by 18 books. I didn't really think I needed to
1: <laughs> get yeah. any more. Yeah, that's true.
0: You can never have too many books, let's yeah, be honest. You're
1: right. You're right. Before we get to the the sermon we're talking about today, I wanted to announce the winner of the Guys with Newsletters subscription contest. So we're giving away a copy Of of, uh, Al Mohler's book On the Apostles' Creed Which is a very good book This is a good read He's a good writer Does a really good job At explaining things like this And um, the winner is Chris McNutt
0: Congratulations Chris
1: Thanks everyone for subscribing To the newsletter Um, By the time this airs Chris should already have the book so I hope he enjoys it. Um, what's funny is I actually know him personally, which is really cool. Ah, <laughs> So he's, yeah, he's a friend of, he's a friend of mine, and so it, I'm even doubly happy to send it to him. So Cool. <laughs> so anyway, enjoy that, Chris. And um, Sean, do you have anything else before we dive into this John Piper sermon from Together for the Gospel?
0: Regarding the uh, the newsletter... Please keep subscribing. And if you haven't subscribed, go to our website and uh, subscribe to our newsletter. And we're going to continue to do some book giveaways. So periodically, if you are subscribed and you're you're entered in to possibly win another book. So we'll do one here uh, again shortly, I'm, I'm sure. So,
1: And subscribers got a, uh, a sneak preview Of this series uh, a few weeks ago, actually, they got the announcement. They got the first announcement that we were going to be talking about the together for the gospel stuff. So, cool. It's it's fun to be in the know, and so we're gonna we're we're considering the uh, the newsletter crowd as our kind of like close club, which is awesome. Yeah. So subscribe.
0: They are our
1: chosen people. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Our elect people. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. But they use
0: their own free will to subscribe, so I don't yeah, that's,
1: know. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> we don't have the sovereignty. Like we have yeah, to rely we, on that. We can't use
0: our will to Yeah. Yep, yeah, we make can't them compel be, anybody. Okay. That's all right.
1: Alright. Well, so the first the first sermon I don't know. I, I I still have a soft spot in my heart for John Piper, so when um when I when I finally watched this sermon, I'm like I this might be good to talk about because it's very, very John Piper.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's so um,
1: it's got Piper just like it's pure Piper.
0: I'm, I'm not a huge fan of John Piper. Um, I find his books hard to read. They're good. They're very good. They're he's good. a very excellent writer and he's extremely intelligent. I just find them personally hard to read a little. And, uh, but I really actually like to hear him preach. Um, he's extremely passionate about the word. And um, I. Uh,
1: his sermons were really important to me when I was first getting into Calvinism. Were and, they? Okay. And he's really the first person I ever heard preach an expository sermon. Actually, yes. my first sermon I ever heard of his was from Together for the Gospel. And it just kind of blew me away.
0: Yeah, he's he's very thorough with, and uh, what is it? What's that video podcast that he does, where he breaks down scripture?
1: Uh, look at the book.
0: Look at the book. It, I, that is phenomenal That's because a you great can see podcast. him. You can see him like mark up the screen with the scripture mm-hmm. and like connect the dots and and um, he really gets into the text. It's not just like well. In this sermon, he talks about sermons that you know float above scripture and don't really get down into the meat of it. And uh, he just dives in headfirst and specifically about apart. the
1: grammar, which uh, still yeah. at this point I haven't seen anybody quite as focused on like the grammar and the structure of the logic and the the sentences yeah. and the paragraphs. Yeah, he gets he
0: into is. the he gets into like the logic part of it, and uh, which is a I don't know, it, it's it's a different direction than a lot of other expository preachers go mm-hmm. Oh and, yeah um, And I have to say, when I, I first listened to this sermon It kind of irked me a little bit
1: Me too
0: It irked me, man I don't yeah. know, it, it, it bothered me for a minute But I was like, let's give him mm-hmm. a chance mm-hmm. And... And I, I fully understand what he's saying But we'll get into it, I guess so. Well,
1: I think the place to start on it Is is this important fact That the the, the main sessions That together for the gospel Are assigned to each So the the speaker the, the pastor who's speaking Doesn't come up with his own Like he is given a title For the sermon And he has to write his presentation Based on the title And from the very beginning Piper was not really into the title that they gave him
0: yeah I could kind of tell that by the his uh any and, and to, to credit he came right out
1: at the beginning and said like I'm I'm not really about this yeah it was, it was called preaching the gospel as expounding the whole Bible and basically his first like five minutes are talking about how I don't preach like that I don't think you should preach like that
0: yeah, so he basically I mean, went rebel. the opposite direction. Yeah.
1: But what was interesting, I think and, and we can get down to the nitty gritty, but um I don't think he like disagreed with it. I think it was it, it was a certain nuance to his yeah. what he sees as expository preaching that is different than what you do see in the mainstream. I think that's why we got right. irked when we listened to it. But he does make some Good points in it yeah um for sure I so I wrote I wrote down several quotes that uh, kind of made me think um the first the first one and I, I it was hard to not take this as maybe a little bit of a jab at, at John MacArthur but at the very beginning he was saying um Talking about people who want to open every verse of the Bible, he said, "You can't do that in a lifetime. Yeah, um, not if you take exposit if you take exposition seriously." Right. Y-
0: yeah, you're you're not going to live long enough. Right. If to do it, it's just
1: it's too much. And and in order to understand each sentence, you still have to have the context of everything else around it. So you can't just have a sermon based on a single sentence every week like they have to flow you have to flow between like that's kind of like 101 to me like you can't just you can't just take a sentence in the Bible and and that's that like every sentence is couched in a paragraph and there's a logic that that um, that guides that that sentence that paragraph. Into each other, and if you're isolating sentence by sentence by sentence, or even clause by clause, you're gonna miss something or or misinterpret something.
0: Yeah, he he he, he said to in order to preach the whole Bible. Uh, I'm paraphrasing here. Um, you need to crisscross through the whole Bible, so you have to like interconnect logically verses and right. passages and books and themes. That are found throughout Scripture, um, instead, and see, I feel like I'm telling people how to preach when I've never actually preached. So, <laughs> you know, I'm talking about, you know, what I'm saying, and yeah, I'm not, I'm not trying to do that. I just, I'm kind of reflecting what he said, and I tend to, I, I actually agreed with the sermon once he got going, mm-hmm. but uh, it just, I don't. Uh, it's it just uh, weird at first Because well, of how I was raised Okay Right So
1: Th- This is going to be so different than how a Catholic priest Structures a homily If he even preaches a homily Right Um, Around the six minute mark In the video uh, This was a, I think a good statement uh, What do the words And phrases and clauses and sentences And connecting links and logic of this text Mean what does that mean in this text? What reality did this inspired writer intend to communicate to his readers through all that above? How can I see what this author sees? so he he made a quote, and I'm sure you picked up on this too where he was he was kind of disputing the quote that's often attributed to Charles Spurgeon that yeah, um, yeah. you should uh, take your text and make a beeline to the cross. Yeah. and i've he- I've heard that a lot I'm, and I think I'm sure you have too, right. Yep Yep. And I think and That's, 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 that's sort pretty much
0: like how I Like Every homily ended with uh, The priest like Pointing up at the big cross behind the altar And reminding us of What Christ did Yeah And uh Every homily ended that, that way <clears throat> And he somehow always directed it back To the gospel And um in the same same way, same way in uh, Lutheran churches, you, you, for the most part, the end of every sermon is gospel rich. It doesn't matter what the text is. Right. They somehow twist. They, they don't. I'm not going to say they twist it. I shouldn't say that. That's wrong. <laughs> one. But they somehow make that text flow into the gospel. And uh, Piper was not. Happy with that, so in this in this sermon, so
1: and but it made me wonder if if when he was talking about this, if he was talking about not being happy with that at all times or at some times,
0: right, um yeah, I guess it depends on the text that's being preached on,
1: yeah, yeah,
0: uh 'cause okay. not every not every verse in the Bible, not every book in the Bible is. Uh, centered on Like the context of those v- A lot of verses have Don't have anything to do with The death of Christ Right In the grand scheme of things The entire book don't. Yes but like In the immediate context of a lot of verses y- You don't have you, you If you're expositing it correctly You're not going to be able to make that end up talking about what Christ did for us
1: mm-hmm.
0: I feel wrong saying that
1: I know I do I do too like there were so many like cringy things in my mind and and I've only I've only been a Calvinist since 2011 so I'm still relatively new you know especially in terms of a lot of other Calvinists out there but it it was it was very much counterintuitive to what I've found to be the norm um, especially like can I share one of the quotes that really irked me when I first heard it yeah this is still like within the first twenty minutes of a forty minute message but he said it at um, this was in the twelve minute mark by inserting the substitutionary atonement at critical moments when the emphasis should be falling on the urgency of obedience. Because that's the urgency of the text And I'm like Wait a minute Doesn't everything come back to the imputation Yeah I mean It's like that's my pet My pet subject (laughs) Right Uh, And
0: the the verses He was focusing on in the sermon Were uh, stuff that Paul was writing About um, Imperatives Right uh, and things that we are called to do In light of what Christ has done for us So I can see From the context he was reading What he was saying But you know you get into like the 20th, 19th chapter of the Gospel of John That is the crucifixion mm-hmm. You're not you know you need to focus on the imputation <laughs> at that right. point. It just depends on what you're preaching on. But he well, said, uh, one of the quotes that got me, uh, I wrote it down, I thought it was pretty good, was the authority of scripture hangs on you showing the people how you saw what you saw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Otherwise, you're the authority, not the Bible. So um, if you can't ex- if you can't explain... How you how you saw what you saw in the text? If you can't explain that to the people, and you're just giving them your ideas, mm-hmm. you become the authority, not scripture.
1: That that was a final. mic drop moment. If there, yeah, ever that was one. a good
0: one, and I was like, ooh. So That's I wrote that. So I like true. paused it and had to write that down. So
1: and isn't that the thing that annoys us about a lot of pastors? Is that They'll they'll go up there and and say eloquently about these insights they have from the passage and never show you how they got there, because but you have to like respect them and how they view the text because you couldn't have got there on your own and they haven't shown you how to get there on your own,
0: right? And the even if you agree with the pastor's viewpoint, and he doesn't, but you don't know why, mm-hmm. and you can't find it in the Bible, or you, you, you know you you need help finding it.
1: Yeah, your sermon you're missing, should be missing. You're there. missing a tool or something to be able to, to dig it out of whatever yeah, the text yeah, was.
0: The, the sermon needs to help individuals within the church understand what is in the text. It's not about uh, your feelings, it's not about uh, yeah, a motivational I, speech.
1: I think I took a note from that section, too, but it was different than what you quoted. He was talking about this. He said, um, Preach imputed righteousness as the power to obey biblical imperatives. Show it to your people. Show them how you saw it and offer it to them. Let the text be the crescendo of the sermon. Which is exactly right, because if you're an expository preacher, that is the point. You're only supposed to be telling people what the text tells us. And sometimes right. you got to do... Uh, More often than not, you've got to do some work To dig it out of there Find the proper cross-references from elsewhere in Scripture To bolster the point of that text And show it borne out In several different places Um, That's exactly what Expository preaching is
0: Yeah, it's it's Scripture interprets Scripture You have to Use Utilize Scripture and, And all of the Bible To Prove your point Um, Otherwise it's not proven Um, You have to use scripture as The authority for scripture Because it is the Absolute authority When it comes to matters of faith So you, you have to be able to Work with the scripture and understand How to cross reference How to get in there And really dissect it Word for word sometimes Piper is excellent at that. He's almost too good at it. Like, it freaks me out sometimes.
1: That's the, that's his sermon prep right there.
0: Yeah. That's his jam. Mm-hmm.
1: But like meant you said it. before... Meant he, it. He meant it. <laughs> meant it.
0: His. But I almost had to close my eyes a few times. He starts waving his arms. And I get dizzy. <laughs> I love John Piper, though. I mean, he's... He's an he's a very talented intelligent man when it comes to preaching the word, let me say.
1: Yeah. I have I have immense respect for him. Um I, I but I mean he is you know to be nitpicky, he is he's a calvinist, but he's not reformed. Right. So he's, so there's not some, confessional. Right. So there are some things that that he differs on that um <sighs> that that even reformed Baptists like us we would have some differences on some things. Um Yeah but he i think he really does get expository well he's he's the first person i heard do a, a preach an expository sermon so um right. he knows what he's talking and we, about one and of the books we
0: got one of the books we got was expository exaltation mm-hmm. uh by him and uh it's a it's a monster so it's huge it's a big book so i also have reading the bible supernaturally by him mm-hmm. but i have not read it yet
1: that was uh, uh, he wrote a a, a three part series of books. Those those are yeah. Two there's parts. another
0: one too, and I can't remember the other it's one. It's
1: called A Peculiar Glory. Yes, yes. And I think that one is free to download as either an ebook or a PDF on the on the Desiring God website. Actually. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. Because I have it on my iPad. Okay. In that way so um, I wanted to talk about his his main like uh, conceit, and it's sort of um, reverberating off of the the supposed Spurgeon quote, so if,
0: I was get, dude, I was getting ready to <gasps> say this quote. Were you
1: okay? Go ahead, go ahead yeah. and say the quote because I think this but, is this is where finally the strength of his argument started coming out.
0: Right. So he this so called quote attributed to um, Spurgeon was take the text and make a beeline to the cross. Well. Piper's argument is you need to take the cross and make a beeline to the text. And when he said that, my head exploded.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the light bulb went a little off for
0: bit, me. and I was like, "Okay, I see what he's doing now." Mm-hmm. Um, he's use he wants to use the cross as the foundation mm-hmm. for what he is about to preach and to dissect and tear apart and explain to the people. So that I, is the foundation for what he is preaching. Exactly. So, it still revolves around Christ. Obviously, it still revolves around the gospel.
1: Okay, so I I have kind in of a a sense. I have a conspiracy theory a little bit about that.
0: Oh boy, here we go. So,
1: Piper, I mean Piper has always been known to like he he's not he's not a sloganeer, but he likes to say things his way. Yeah. So, like expository exaltation, you know, Christian hedonism. Like he he kind of brands the ideas that he he builds his uh, stuff on. So I get that. Okay, so joy, joy, joy. Right? <laughs> I think he was trying to talk about law gospel distinctives without using the phrase law gospel law. Yeah,
0: because. That's that's what I was thinking the whole time, man. Mm-hmm. Um, it, this is the Lutheran within us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I always say Lee's a closet Lutheran, <laughs> a bad one, but
1: I'm I'm the worst Lutheran.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, so and and he's always been huge on. On calls for obedience Which is good, a pastor should be And we should know We should know that every imperative Is backed by an indicative And every yeah. indicative Is proven by imperatives If you know what I mean Like they work together Yeah, so yeah you, can't, you
0: can't have one without the other yeah. So,
1: And I think this was a huge call Against what we might call hyper grace Where even uh, Some people believe that even the like the obedience that we that we strive to do in our lives as we grow in sanctification, um, that's already accomplished for us in Christ. So that even if we aren't like visibly showing to be growing in our sanctification, that uh, everything's fine because it's already been done by Christ. Well, uh, that's not exactly an orthodox belief. You know, we still have to grow yeah. We grow in grace, yes, we're aided by that But, and this is This is where the imputation angle comes in At least for me, is that Yes, Jesus did take my sins But he credited me with his righteousness too And that's going to be That's going to work out through my Hands and feet and, and mouth And all these things As I grow more and more to be Conformed to the image of Christ So there is Absolutely. obedience that has to be done and And Credit to Piper He's always focused on that Sometimes he's focused so hard That people ha- have accused him Of believing that um, If you're not uh, If you don't have enough good works You won't be saved in the end Right Which I, And he they've doesn't accused
0: uh, Paul Washer Of the same thing Right Right.
1: So just because you call on people To be obedient Doesn't mean that you don't believe In salvation by grace alone Right Or if it, by faith, you know, faith alone Grace alone You know, the solas, the good things
0: But uh, but uh,
1: but I I think Piper's speaking up here for The law side of the law Gospel balance, which is Which is good Right,
0: yeah And another quote that he had said In the same section Or it might have been toward the end of the End of the, the message The entire video was uh, Instead of The gospel being The crescendo At the end of your sermon Especially if the You know It's not specifically In the text that you're preaching on Let the reality of the text Be the crescendo <laughs> For the sermon
1: Understanding so, the full the full thought of what the writer yeah, the, wants you to get wants you to get
0: yes so that should be the crescendo the high point of your sermon is getting an explanation for what the author is actually trying to say within the words of scripture mm-hmm. that you are preaching on mm-hmm. so. He's like laser focused on the text that he's preaching on And tearing it apart And cross-referencing for it Nothing else So That That is a style of preaching that I'm not necessarily used to Are you, Lee?
1: Yeah, I mean uh, it's, it's something that definitely was not born out In my time in Wesley world Like at all um, yeah, and it's something that even even with with the uh, reformed and, and Calvinist uh, sermons I've listened to since twenty eleven, it, it it's not something that's been borne out because it seems like it's been ingrained in everyone that the last point of your sermon has to be has to be Jesus on the cross. Yeah, and it's not it it's to- not that you need to preach graceless sermons. But, but he's right The grounding of the sermon needs to be in the cross But you don't have to relate The subject of whatever text you're preaching Back to it
0: Yeah you, d- you don't always have to do that And you know He listed reasons why um, Why preaching Like when you When pastors sit down and they look at a te- text And they ask themselves How can I preach the gospel from this text mm-hmm. The He listed reasons and uh, why that hasn't served us well In the church today And I did not write them down And I feel really bad that I didn't
1: I I didn't either I was was already reeling by that point
0: (laughs) You're throwing a tantrum on the floor uh, uh, My life is a lie (laughs) (laughs) But I think he just came at it from a different angle That most people don't Uh, think of it. Well, this this and, uh, is what stuck I,
1: with me. Um, he was talking, he was talking from First uh, Corinthians two and Galatians six, and he was talking specifically about where where Paul says, "I I knew nothing among you except Christ crucified." And I wrote down this quote that I think kind of encapsulates encapsulates what you were talking about there. He said, "In everything else I know and preach, I only know it and preach it on the basis of the crucified one and the cross." That's yeah. sort of the illustration of the fact that the cross needs to be your basis, not the not the uh, not the cherry on top of the Sunday, so to speak. Right. It
0: like, needs to be the foundation of every. Yeah, it, right. his quote was, the cross is the basis for every biblical sermon mm-hmm. It should be the basis for every biblical sermon I wrote that down, yeah. so we basically got that one too
1: Yeah yeah. And, App- and, an application, and it, that's how it should be Application, this is a, a note of application that he gave Every biblical topic we take up is based on the cross It's holding the text up And he specifically yeah. was talking about Romans 8.32 Which is like his like life verse yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like if he ever got a tattoo It would be of that verse But we know he would never get a tattoo Yeah um, Is he
0: he's Is so, he like totally against
1: he's ink He's so opposed Yeah, Like his son like, Barnabas like hid his tattoo As a grown man from his dad For like years And then finally oh like my. showed it to him And he said he, he knew His dad just didn't say a word Like didn't even acknowledge it And they just moved on <laughs> Uh, like, yeah, that's amazing oh man i did like he called out uh flavell john Flavel, or flavell yeah, Flavel Flavel Flavel! like, yeah man he gets down to the flavell flave
0: yeah boy
1: <laughs> it's hard to hate a puritan anyway but i mean he's one of right? the he's one of the good ones one of the one of the very best um i i have one i have one more th- one more note for this Uh, And this came near the end, so he, like, dropped bombs all over the place, and the one one at the end got me. Oh, I
0: I think I know what you're going to say, man. I wrote wrote something down that was like a bomb at the Mm -hmm. end.
1: Hovering over the text keeps you from getting to the nitty-gritty. That's kind of like a a summary that I said, and then a direct quote was, Yes, it's possible to inadvertently use Jesus to obscure what he died to obtain.
0: Oh that's what I wrote down, down.
1: And uh, next to it I just and wrote And I was in like o- no I wrote in all caps oh my <laughs> With three exclamation points Yeah it was like George Takei on, on Oh my <laughs> <speed>. Oh my <laughs> I was like uh, oh I, I hate this <laughs> But it's true It is, it is true
0: after I sat there and I thought about it, I was like, "You know what? This guy's right."
1: He made a reference to totally can. And I didn't write it down, but he's like, "You know, let's let's say we're talking about hospitality and we go the 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 arms of Jesus stretched wide on the cross showed hospitality toward every single one of the elect." And he said, "I or I think it was this time when he said this. He said he would say Jesus would say that's not what I meant, right? Or no, it was Paul. Sorry, he was saying that about yeah. Paul. He's yeah, like, and Paul would, would tell sit
0: you, there shaking his head and say, "That's not what I meant."
1: Yeah, I'm like, "Oh, I would, I would hate, I would hate to think that I had done that." And I had to think back to like Sunday school lessons I had taught to like kids or something, or or a study, like something I've said in a in a Bible study or something at some point. And like, did I did I do that? <laughs> You know, did I right. obscure the message that Jesus died to? Did, did I obscure what Jesus died to obtain? Oh my word! You know, like this is this is terrible. And I, I, you know, I'm I'm sure that was very sobering to every actual like pastor who listened to that, because you really the whole point is you've got to keep your eye on the text. And say what the text says And don't impose even a good thing On the text If that isn't what is intended In that section to know
0: Yeah It's it's a very serious thing To proclaim the word And uh, we should do it Fearfully mm-hmm. And uh, With Sobering thoughts mm-hmm. we, we need to be laser focused On that text And I I, at the end of the sermon, at the you know throughout the sermon, I was like mentally battling Piper. <laughs> like I was like, I do not want him to win. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Ooh, and me too. I, but I'm like, and I, like was kinda, I was getting mad, like at, in points, it and,
1: was, and it was hard for me to stay mad at him because he obviously had like a sniffle or something because he kept coughing a lot. Yeah, like, I was like, I, I can't be mad. He's at talking the end about of a cold.
0: Yeah. An old man. How old is John Piper?
1: He's... I think he's mid to late 70s, if I'm not mistaken. Is he? Yeah.
0: He hasn't really... Like, if you... Oh, man. That one picture of him that you can find on the internet when he's, like, real young and he has, like, dark hair. Yeah.
1: With the cross necklace on. Yeah. And it's, like, huge. And... I think that was from his uh, time in Germany, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong.
0: And it's just...
1: It's a ridiculous
0: picture, and I love it. So cringe.
1: He's he's always had a a great smile, though, like very genuine. Right,
0: and like if you look at his face, he like over the year he really hasn't changed that much. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like it's it's except for he's aged well. Smile lines,
0: yeah. Like he's got the joy thing.
1: He's got that down,
0: (laughs) dude. He's got that down. You
1: talk like smile lines, like his his like crows smiling crow's feet are like out to his ears <laughs> which have also grown
0: a man's ears and nose grow yep. throughout their life that's why old men have big noses and big ears
1: uh, this is such a non sequitur but so like during the whole quarantine thing me and my whole family uh we we rewatched all of Downton Abbey and one of the th- one of the things i said as we were watching all six seasons was uh, the guy who plays Carson the butler um, His name is Jim Carter I'm like you guys His ears they're like They're like dinner plates <laughs> They were so huge They're like half of his head
0: It's like the the one uh, Race from Star Trek Deep, St- Deep Space Nine <laughs> Yeah <laughs> <laughs> Where their ears are just like around their whole head yeah, and they like like morph into
1: their forehead, <laughs> like it's it's weird. I forget what they're called.
0: That was a terrible series. I didn't like that. Yeah, I am an original Star called. Trek guy.
1: I've never been a Trekkie myself.
0: I'm more of a Star Wars guy, but yeah. I'll watch the original Star Trek.
1: I've I've always drifted more toward like fantasy oriented uh uh genre books and movies and TV shows than sci-fi. Yeah. The only There's hard sci fi certain... I really ever liked was, of course, Dune, which is as hard as you can. That's as oh. hard a sci fi as you can for like something like that. Um and Ender's game was also really good. Now
0: see I like I like horror movies a lot, so mm. the sci fi that I get into is more on the the horror side like of sci-fi alien? so the alien saga is I, I amazing I can't do it um since they've added alien covenant and they added prometheus before that uh, as two precursors to the alien movies uh it's really completed the story and it's 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 awesome, um, but a lot of people can't handle it. Uh, it's it's pretty gross. I can't um, handle
1: the body horror.
0: Yeah, it's I can't do it. It's pretty gory. It's gross, um, but and you're now you're wondering why I like it. I don't know. <laughs> um, you're a bio dude. <laughs> that's why. Yes, <laughs> but th- those movies always fascinated me. And uh, like, do you remember Event Horizon?
1: I remember it but I never I haven't seen it all the way through It's a terrible movie
0: But it's good It's awful but for some reason I like it Um, uh, It's a great bad movie But the In my opinion The ultimate movie ever created Can you guess what I'm gonna say
1: Jurassic Park
0: Yes absolutely That was good To this day that movie amazes me
1: um, and it's not just because full- we finally got to see uh, Newman die in a very like brutal way. <laughs> it's not just because of that, but that's part of it.
0: Our lives are in your hands and you've got butterfingers? <laughs> <laughs> I know every line to that movie. I, it's ridiculous. But, yeah... That is probably my favorite movie of all time The original Jurassic Park I, I can't get over it And the book
1: I have never read good. the book I've never read it Crichton knew what he was doing though Yes Dearly departed
0: Crichton has a lot of good books actually
1: He did the Westworld uh, story too Yeah Yep I'm a sucker for the whole western thing So I should I should read Westworld
0: if have you ever watched Longmire? <gasps> yes. I like Longmire I've a lot. Special. That's a good show. And uh Justified. Justified. If we're yeah, talking about like one.
1: like contemporary day Westerns, those right. are two of the best.
0: Now, one of my favorite Western movies of all time. Uh like more modern, I guess, Western movies was Tombstone. I like Tombstone oh, that a was lot. Good. Yeah. Um, Val Kilmer had a killer mustache.
1: He did. That was a great movie. Doc Holliday. Um. Yeah. That that's there's good stuff. One, um. There's one. <clears throat> actually, it's a Christian Bale western. He's in it, and so is Rosamund Pike. Uh, Hostages. Oh, it's called. It's yes, on yes. That's a good one. Oh wow! I like Christian Bale a lot. I do too. He's a actually. great actor. He's a crappy um, person, and I hope he gets saved. But he's. He's a really good actor.
0: Yeah, I don't know much about him. I don't, I, I just I, I enjoy his movies. Um, personally, I don't know much about him. He's but, just uh, he's
1: just verbally abusive, even to the people closest oh, to him. He's a hot-headed Welshman. What else are you gonna do? You gonna Is do he Welsh? Him? Yeah, he's Welsh. That's the
0: problem. Yep. I'm just kidding. <laughs> if we have any people that are Welsh listening, I love you.
1: Come on, you're Irish. You have to say something like that. <laughs>
0: my my great grandpa had this saying and i can't quite remember how it went but it was like better a broken irishman than a than like a a full englishman or something like i can't remember <laughs> how it went <laughs> it's better to be a broken irishman than a a whole englishman or something
1: like that i can't remember nothing worse than being english right <laughs> <laughs> that's the whole point. I'm like, that's, it's kind of awful. I'm sure Sinclair Ferguson might agree with that on the down low. Yeah,
0: <laughs> the Scots are a bit salty sometimes. I guess. I,
1: I I gotta say he he's probably the second most intimidating reformed person I could think of. First, obviously, would be Sin- R.C. Sproul. Yeah, you you're
0: talking Ferguson.
1: Yeah, yeah, Sinclair Ferguson. Yeah,
0: yeah, he's uh. Boy, he's that dude, dude's dude. awesome. He's so I cool. have, I have that book, um, the whole Christ, mm. um, yeah, yeah, that yeah. He, that he wrote, and I have not read it yet. But I found it at half price books for like five bucks. Mm, nice, and and uh, totally grabbed that up. Um, I had to sort through all the heresy to find it, <laughs> but I found it.
1: <laughs> the fact, but, the fact that half price books is so full of heresy books is kind of encouraging. Because the good... Yeah, because people are trying to get rid yeah, of Yeah, people it. recognize the good books and they keep them at home. I've sometimes right. wanted to take some of my favorite theological books that I have and, and get them to a half-price book so people can have the ability to buy them cheaply. Yeah. One day I'll, I'll, I won't i will be so selfish and I'll do that. Yeah, you sinner. <laughs> uh, anyway, so... So, um, any final thoughts on this Piper sermon? Did you end up, did you end up liking it or were you still conflicted? Um,
0: I get, well, with that, with that pause, I guess I'm still conflicted. Yeah. Um, it's, I, I agree with him. It's just how he delivered it. I'm not crazy about it i'll be honest this Um, this is
1: always the issue with piper even if we agree with him the the way that he speaks or writes and delivers it always kind of leaves you with a little bit of a dispute
0: i think i'm not saying he wasn't clear but his how he delivered it wasn't it was a bit confusing Mm -hmm. um to to someone that's not you know a theology nerd, of you know, theo- theologically sound, um, and has a good foothold on on all that. Right. It could be really confusing to somebody listening. Right, uh, what he said, right. and I, I was trying to look at it from that perspective. Um, right, because he know, has someone's a- just watching it on YouTube that isn't a theology nerd like
1: us. Because right. he does have might a get a completely audience. different. He's yeah. got a particular audience he's speaking to. Like these are, on a whole, pastors. That pastors. Are at this conference, and if not pastors, generally they're going to be somebody who's of service in the church in some way or another. So I'm right. Sunday school teachers go to this. Obviously, we were going to go to this as like podcasters. So these are these are people who uh, are are going to be at least somewhat familiar with the idea of of teaching a text. Uh, or preaching a text And knowing what's in a text And what's not in a text So, you're right, this is not like This isn't something that you would get up In the pulpit, in a general pulpit On a Sunday morning and preach So
0: Yeah, and, and see If if you guys have ever read any of my blogs I'm sorry
1: No <laughs> but, but I've read every I, one of them You should apologize to me directly
0: <laughs> I'm very sorry for you, <laughs> but I try to end every blog with the gospel, um, and I feel like I shouldn't do that now.
1: Well, I don't know. But
0: at the same, t- but see, at the same time, my blogs are not a sermon. Right. My blogs are more devotional mm-hmm. in how I write them, and so I guess it doesn't pertain to that. Um, I'm not necessarily teaching a text so much as just helping someone to get a grasp for it. You know what I mean? Right,
1: right. Peak. Somebody's so it's interest. it's more
0: yeah, it's more devotional than anything. I'm trying to spur them on to study it more, and um, so I guess it doesn't pertain to me. But now I feel conflicted in how I write.
1: I think it, I think it, it'll ha- it has what he's talking about here. I think has some, some, some broad application to anybody who's speaking about a text, because even if you're just simply writing a blog about a text, um, so like for instance, like with my blogs on the Psalms, for instance, like I'm pretty much I'm pretty much sticking to talking about what's in that Psalm, and there's not always a gospel presentation, but there is always something informed by the gospel that comes out of it. Right. As Christians we can't see it any other way Sometimes it's an imperative Sometimes it's an indicative Or both um, Sometimes it's a it's a reminder uh, To reflect On truths that we already know That may not be related to the text um, But uh, and, and this kind of relates to Kind of like a final note that I wrote uh, When I was done with it Um I said that, you know, this sermon is more about refraining from hyper-grace than anything else. I can understand the whole imposition of the imputation at times, but don't reformed pastors still respect law and gospel distinction? That seems necessary to me in preaching any text. An imperative must be backed by an indicative if we're to follow it rightly, like Piper said. Because he made that note at one point about, you know, if we're talking about hospitality again— um, you can have a lot of reasons to be hospitable, and they will not, the majority of them will not match what Paul is recommending when he writes about hospitality. Like you could, and he even said this you could be legalistic about it and say that uh, you're being hospitable not because you want to welcome people and show them uh, the gospel by inviting them into your home, but you're going to be legalistic and say that I'm doing this just because the Bible says I should. And I'm afraid to be condemned if I don't do this Well that's exactly Mm -hmm. the opposite Of what Paul is trying to encourage you to do As he writes about it in that text So if you're not seeing hospitality The way he's telling you to see it Then you're going to to treat it incorrectly And it will not be To your benefit Both spiritually and to your practice of hospitality If you're doing it for the wrong reason And that's kind of where it, It really started to click for me Like the whole point Isn't necessarily to like Downplay the, um, the Imputation of Christ's righteousness It's the fact that We need to Listen to Paul When he's writing or Peter when he's Writing and as those Guys who are inspired by The Holy Spirit to write the words they wrote To understand what they Intended for us to see in there With the cross as The foundation for that message that then when we can take those imperatives and do what's right with them, right. Exactly, and that's that, where that I made peace re- with what he was was talking
0: about. Yeah, I was gonna say that makes me feel a little bit better. Yeah, um,
1: because we not only want to respect and uh, hold up Christ and His cross and His gospel, but we also want to respect and hold up the um, the apostles and prophets. That wrote these things And whose words were inspired by the Holy Spirit And have been preserved by the Holy Spirit in the text We have to read Romans, for instance, on the basis of Romans first, before we Start attaching things to it Right. And I think, unfortunately A lot of times And he said this near the end we're, We'll use a passage in Romans As a jumping off point to talk about What we really want to talk about And that's disrespectful Yes and I hope I never do that again. Because <laughs> I know again, I was going to say that I, before.
0: <laughs> you know what? I think probably everybody's guilty of that at some point. Right.
1: Well, and, and you uh, know, we're, which, we're desperate to tell the gospel. And when you've got a text yeah. that so very clearly points to it and you can see the, the connection, you want to bring it out. And you sh- I mean, yeah. you should bring it out, but you should bring it out in the right way. And you can't do it by mangling what Paul has written, or Peter has written, or John has written, or whoever, or Isaiah has written, even. You you can't dump on that just to get to where you want to go. So I I get it. And again, he said it in a very Piperian way that makes it a little confusing to, to get through your head, but... I, I will say, I, I consider... I just felt
0: like I was being scolded, like, half the <laughs> half the sermon. Which, maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. felt like a child, like, getting scolded.
1: When I listen to a Piper sermon, I consider the words a lot more closely than I do for a lot of other pastors I listen to. Because yeah. of the way he speaks. And maybe that's a good thing.
0: Yeah. I, I, I enjoy... I actually enjoy watching him preach. I enjoy listening to him preach. He, like I said before, he's really passionate about the each each syllable that comes out of his mouth is just like it's like the last breath he's ever going to take and he's <laughs> trying to get like he's trying to like show you everything in the text that he possibly can and it's like he's like his life depends on every word that he says it's awesome he's a very good preacher
1: i could see him like when he's done with his sermon just like collapsing onto a fainting couch somewhere and like <laughs> sleeping for an hour and then going back to his day
0: it, he needs like a like a like a little towel in his pocket to dab the sweat <laughs> he throws it on the front row of the yeah church Yep, yep, yep.
1: <laughs> yeah, that sounds like him. That totally fits with his aesthetic. <laughs> Get that old yeah, like old shop hanky in his back pocket or something like the, yeah. the red paisley hanky.
0: Yeah, oh, the accent. oil rag thing. Yep, the oil yeah. rag.
1: But anyway, yeah, it, it was do- a tough sermon to come to grips with. Um, I did learn something from it. I I came finally to to agree with it and uh, find the the statements he made important. But it was definitely hard. It was hard for me getting there.
0: Yeah, it's. I guess I'm still. I'm not conflicted, but I'm not conflicted at what he was saying, so much as how he said it. Mm -hmm. Um, like I said before, so I totally agree with the message. Classic Piper problem. Yeah, I totally agree with what he was saying. It's just how he delivered it. I not so you know keen
1: with but whatever who am i i think the biggest takeaway is don't tell piper what to speak about
0: <laughs> right and i think maybe maybe he did that on purpose so they'll give him a better thing to talk about next maybe. year or the in the next couple years yeah. so but uh, so Lee, where can they find us? I'm,
1: or are we done? I'm, are we done? I'm, I'm done. If you're done,
0: I'm done. done I, don't, I don't really have anything else to say. But
1: <laughs> well, you can find us on our website, Guyswithbibles.com uh, As Sean talked about so eloquently before, you can read our blogs there. Uh, you can also listen to audio of the podcast on there as well, and you can also go to the newsletter tab and sign up for guys with newsletters. At this point, it comes out every Monday. Gives a little roundup of what occurred In the week prior And some extra, extra stuff to read And goodies and sometimes some recommendations And some other stuff that we're going to work on To slide in there um, But also check us out on social media We have the Facebook group, Guys with Bibles So just go in there, request to join uh, You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram At Guys with Bibles uh, And you should also check the show notes And uh, see The rest of the Bar Network Family of podcasts we're uh, happy to be part of the Bar Network, and um, there's some really great stuff. A lot of like-minded Christians that we get to to talk to on Slack relatively often, and uh, it's it's a good it's a good group. And so you should really sh- show some love to those podcasts. So subscribe to us and your Podcatcher, your favorite Podcatcher, and search those other shows and um, and and subscribe to those too. You have lots of good, uplifting, and informative content. Um, and uh, you will be better for it. You can email us directly at guyswBibles at gmail.com and then of course we have open DMs in both Instagram and Twitter, also. So yeah, so we're we're accessible, no doubt about that. So, yeah,
0: get a hold of us somehow. Yeah, tell us, tell us, tell us anything Talk to us people. Also, so I don't know, Sean, you are you breakfast.
1: still gonna? Are you you're, Are you still doing live videos on Facebook?
0: Um well I've been on hiatus for a few days <clears throat> actually Kobe Muncie, uh, he messaged me the other day and he was like hey are you still doing the live videos so he was like worried about me I was like yeah I'm sorry I was, it's just uh, it's been really hectic here lately we I I was like we're gearing up for some heavy recording this month um and going over T T4G and I got a lot of videos to watch and I got to dedicate a lot of time to that And I'm still writing blogs And I'm still at work And I have my kids a lot And sometimes things don't go as planned So I said hopefully this weekend I get back to John chapter 20 on live videos So
1: Add it to your bullet journal
0: Yeah, I'm a
1: bulletist (laughs) now Oh, I could do a whole podcast about the bullet journal We might have to Maybe we will Yeah, maybe we will Alright, Sean, it's been good And um, so we'll be back again For more Together for the Gospel content That works for you Alright,
0: yes And this is Guys with Bibles And we're out